Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones had just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And we're doing outside looking in. This time we're talking about the Jets from a Buffalo Bills perspective. And for that, we welcome back our friend from the Rock Pile Report podcast, Drew Gear. Drew, what's up, brother? Not much. Not much. You know, just hanging out here. It's uh, summertime in Buffalo. So it, people are, it's like, it's so like the weather's so bad up here for so long that once you hit like 50, 60 degrees, people act like it's 80. Most <laughs> people already have their pools open. Uh, people are out there driving sports cars around poorly because you like, imagine this, you have a Corvette, but you don't want to get it rusty. Well, if you live in Buffalo, there's genuinely only two and a half months a year you can drive it. What what I find hilarious is that at least one fifth of everybody driving on the city of Buffalo with a sports car really stinks at driving a stick shift, and it's hilarious to watch. And summertime in Buffalo means Grills Mafia. Oh, for sure, Grills Mafia. We actually have a huge get together tomorrow. It's going to be fun. Uh, just a bunch of tailgaters and barbecue connoisseurs guys who you know have season tickets who are always at the stadium we rented out a big pavilion we're gonna get we're getting ourselves together just to kind of build some camaraderie and some familiarity within uh 
Bill's Mafia. We kind of have our own subset called Grills Mafia. And our long snapper, Reed Ferguson, actually opened up a 501C in the name of Grills Mafia to sell merch. And the proceeds get donated to char- you know, various charities and stuff. It's a really cool thing to be a part of, and I'm excited about it. Hopefully at some point we can build that up with the Jets because with the Bills, I think over time, that's something that developed and it certainly became stronger now that the Bills are a good team, hoping that the Jets are going to get to the point where you look at them anywhere near the same light that people are looking at the Bills right now, who are probably the odds on favorite to go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. So they're obviously the favorites in the AFC East. The Jets, are they going to be number four in the division again, or could they potentially move up the rank? We'll talk about that in a little bit But first, let's talk about what they did in free agency They go out, upgrade a tight end They get C.J. Ozama from the Cincinnati Bengals They get Tyler Conklin from the Minnesota Vikings They bring in Lakin Tomlinson, the Pro Bowl guard From the San Francisco 49ers On the defensive side of the ball They go out and they get D.J. Reed The cornerback from the Seattle Seahawks They grab themselves a starting safety In Jordan Whitehead, Darrell Reeves' cousin From the Tampa Bay Buccaneers So some real movement there, all through the offense and defense what you think of what they did in free agency overall free agency overall in fact i'm pulling it up here just because i want to see it in its totality but i i remember being slightly annoyed slightly annoyed that you guys like i saw some of the signings you were making and i was like oh uzama that was a player you know that was a player that i kind of liked the idea of uh conklin was another name that bills fans were throwing around a lot uh Lakin Tomlinson was a that was an interesting one because it's a player that I think most Dolphins fans really thought that hiring the you know, the running game coordinator as their head coach there from San Francisco that signing Lakin Tomlinson would be a no brainer and so I found it really interesting that you guys managed to pull off a deal for him and then just just looking at it in all I think Solomon Thomas. That's one that's kind of under the radar for me because Solomon Thomas, he was a good player. I think overdrafted a little bit, never really hit the peak that everyone thought he would over the course of his career, but he's, he's only 20. He's going to be 27 when the season starts. So he's still got time and potential to grow as an NFL football player. And he's got, he's obviously got a skill set. It's why he was a top three pick. So ultimately I think you guys made a lot of nice kind of almost under the radar signings that I, I really like, because I think it's going to help flesh out both sides of the football for you. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. 
subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. The draft came and went, and the Jets made some major moves. They grabbed Sauce Gardner at number four overall to pair with DJ Reed, who they signed as free agent. So they completely overhauled the cornerback position. They get themselves Jermaine Johnson trading up to the back end of the first round. So they bolster that pass rush, put him with Carl Lawson, who hopefully will stay healthy this year. Of course, they got Garrett Wilson at number 10 overall. They tried to get that big-time established receiver. First, they went after Calvin Ridley. He got suspended, so they couldn't get that done. They went after Tyreek Hill. He ended up getting traded to the Dolphins. They tried to get Debo Samuel. The 49ers decided not to trade him. Instead, it's Garrett Wilson at number 10. And then in the second round, they use a fifth round pick to move up a spot and grab Brees Hall, a player that I know there was some talk the Bills liked as a possibility late in the first round. That'll help their running game and certainly with the offensive line being upgraded, he has a much better opportunity for success than other Jets running backs have had, including Le'Veon Bell, who had to run behind a subpar line. I think that was part of what his issue was here with the Jets. And now you have a situation where Zach Wilson has some pieces around him and the defense goes from being the worst in the league to on paper, at least maybe being presentable. What do you think overall about what the Jets did in the NFL draft here again if like if i was annoyed about what you guys did in free agency i really the the, the bryce hall pick really take me off because that was a player that i i really i (sighs) trey white's injury was unfortunate and i think that kind of necessitated the bills taking a cornerback if it hadn't been for that i could have justified taking a running back like hall in the first round um the thing about him and you know when we do our positional breakdowns in the offseason pre-draft uh we're um matt waldman comes on every year to talk about running backs with us he's he's one of my favorite draft analysts it's because i like his methodology i like the science he puts into how he evaluates players and he's hit on a number of these predictions of his in terms of not just like, hey, here's my 1A, my 1B, my he, – he can actually peg production. You know, He's the guy – Chris and I, my co-host over at the Rockpile Report, we actually won our fantasy football leagues <clears throat> because he was the one who told us, he goes, look, you're going to – you know, uh, Saquon Barkley is going to be an earlier pick both in the real draft and in the – you know, in the end of – the real draft and in fantasy football – you're going to get, and I think the Browns will get similar production to Nick Chubb, and they're both going to come later if you're patient. And it, he's been correct. I mean, I don't, I think he, Nick Chubb doesn't have the electric plays, 
but he's certainly just as productive on the whole. So it's he likes he, he does a really great job of pegging these things. He liked Hall the best out of all these running backs because he said that he really just has this he makes speed look very easy. He makes it look very like when he's trying to move in space, some players are really laboring and he makes, he doesn't look like he's running that fast or working that hard because to him, it's just, it comes easy moving in space. He's a long strider. He can get out in space. Um, He catches well, that's going to be huge for your offense because I think one of the things that really killed you guys last year was Zach Wilson didn't have a lot of safety valves. He just didn't. And then at the same time, at the top of the draft, you land both a trench player who should come in and really you know, help grow your pass rush. And then also the, I think the best cornerback in the draft, which is absolutely something you guys needed because when you look at the defensive statistics, I'm looking at them right now for you guys, um, passing defense. Let's see. You were last in the NFL in first downs allowed. Okay. Uh, second to last in yards, 20th in touchdowns allowed, second to last in interceptions achieved. You have to have an elite cornerback in the NFL, especially if you're going to play in divisions with players like Stephon Diggs, and you're going to play in conferences with guys like Tariq Hill. You have to have elite cornerback talent. I'm, I am happy for you guys, or at least you, Scott. I shouldn't say you guys because most of your fan base can kick rocks, but I like you. And so with that, I think they did a lot of nice things that will help improve some of these really just awful statistical finishes you guys had last year. So you would say overall the combination of what they did in free agency and what they did in the draft was a winner. Oh, I think I think so. Absolutely. And to a point you made about the Le'Veon Bell, one of the things I found most interesting about Le'Veon Bell signing and then struggles is that when you look at his career, he he had the, the, it was his lowest. He posted his lowest yards before contact figures. while he played for the New York Jets. Now, you, you mentioned those lines were terrible. That's what happens when you have a bad offensive line is that you're, you're unless you have an elite running back who can just make plays on their own, the running backs don't get any traction. I, I saw it here in Buffalo firsthand for years. You either had an elite running back or at least a very good one, or you couldn't run the ball worth the damn. So it's interesting that you guys not only focus on beefing up the line a little bit, but all and with some healthy with some health things going on, you guys, if if the line can stay healthy, you should be much improved from what you had the last two years. It's interesting to see them, you know, kind of now that we think we've shored up the line, let's throw what we think could be a star running back into the mix. So that's going to help your offense find balance, which is something that they desperately need because they were at the bottom of basically every offensive statistic out there. You saw Josh Allen progress with the Bills. He went from year one where he was not very good as a rookie to year two where he was better to year three where he really broke out and became a star in the NFL. Zach Wilson is a player that Jets fans hope follows in that trajectory because he didn't have a great rookie year, although he got better as the year wore on at the very end is when he played some of his best football. And now they went out and made these improvements and people are hoping he makes a little bit of a leap in year number two, at least to somewhat respectability the way that Allen did 
with the Bills. As somebody who watched the Bills build around Allen, put these pieces in place, including Stefan Diggs, what do you think here? Do you think the Jets have done enough to surround Zach Wilson to help him be in a position to either prove that he's the guy or show them that maybe they made a mistake and need to go in a different direction? I'll say this. like I'm looking at the roster right now. He, last season, when you guys go, I always use our lads. That's a website I really like because it lets you pick the not not just what you know what the depth chart looked like at the beginning of a season, or you can go month by month over the course of a year and see what the depth chart looked like. So we all know that the Jets have injury issues. That's been a problem for your team for a while now. And I know that I think this offseason, I remember reading articles about moves that the team made to try to fix some of that and change their training program and whatnot. But so if you go back to 2021 and you look at what that it's what the roster looked like around him. November 1st, 2021, you had Corey Davis, uh, Jameson Crowder, Keelan Cole, and a rookie Elijah Moore. Beyond that, you didn't really have anybody who was worthwhile as a target. And Keelan Cole's not a bad player, but he he's not anyone that you would look at and get excited about in terms of being highly productive for your football team. So now you go back and you look what you have now. You've got Garrett Wilson, who was listed as probably one of the most sure things, I think, in terms of wide receivers in this draft class. Uh, Elijah Moore, who I think proved that some of the hype around him coming out in the draft last year was justified. Corey Davis is back. And then beyond them, you've got just like it's interesting players. You know, Braxton Berrios is back. I think he proved that he might have a little utility. And I'm interested to see what you guys can do with that because I kind of liken his career trajectory to what Isaiah McKenzie had happen here in Buffalo. You had a guy who said, okay, he's this gimmick player. You know, you could maybe get some jet sweeps, a couple screen passes here and there, and he's a mediocre returner. But then over time, you watch him hone that craft and his vision starts to improve. And then last year, Isaiah McKenzie finally got a couple games where they said, fine, go out there and be a player. And he responds with a 100-yard game. And he starts churning out solid performances. I'd like to see Braxton Berrios have a similar career arc. I mean, he's already proven he's a great returner. But I think part of what makes him great is that the development of his field vision. But that can help you as a wide receiver if you have a creative offensive coordinator who can figure out how to use that. So I think that right now he's got more weapons in that regard. Then I also think that, like we were just saying, with the addition of an actual viable threat in the running game, you guys wound up in a place where teams could kind of we're going to protect the pass because we're not worried about the run. We think we can execute against the run with light boxes. And more often than not, they were correct. And that really throws a wrench into what you're doing on offense in terms of trying to call a balanced attack, keep your quarterback out of trouble, keep your young quarterback's confidence up. When he's out there, the window is things move so much quicker in the NFL for a quarterback, especially in year one. And that's usually what changes. Josh Allen said that he goes, you know, the first year, everything was moving really quick. Year two, it got a little slower. Year three is when he finally understood. Here's the throws I can get away with. Here's stuff I can't. Here's when my guy breaks. I have to, I understand when I have to be releasing the ball into certain windows. 
Wilson's going to develop, hopefully, develop an understanding of that. But it doesn't help when every team is playing coverage most of the time. You have to be able to keep them honest. So I think that what you guys have done, you know, another year of Elijah Vera Tucker coming back, Lake and Tomlinson. Now, now the interior offensive line for you guys looks pretty solid. Fant proved he's got utility at tackle. Makai Becton comes back if he can stay healthy. I think you guys have the bones of an offense that this kid can actually learn behind instead of just, I, I hate to say this, but I think teams just picked on you guys last year defensive coordinators just picked on the jets offense and a lot of it had to do with just how undermanned in the trenches and just how one-dimensional the offense even had the ability to be and so i think first of all your team has given him the bones of like hey now you have some talent around you you can things will slow down right you're you're you now have more targets around you you've you've useful tight ends for the first time in your career in the nfl so there's going to be new wrinkles they can throw into the offense to help him out one of the things that i liked it just looking at his when you look at his accuracy charts and the various web diagrams and things that all these analytic websites put out about different players when you look at zach wilson's one of the things i like is that down the field, he's actually a really accurate thrower of the football. So it, I have a hard time understanding where things went so wrong. And then you look at it and you say, okay, down the field, more than 20 yards downfield, he was incredibly accurate when it came to passes between the hashes, passes to the right which I think is just a more natural thing going across his body down to the left. It wasn't quite so great, but from beyond 20, if he was asked to throw strikes down the field, he actually did it with some accuracy when he was asked to throw more than 10 yards down the field, directly in the center of the field between the hashes, which is where your safeties are. That's where if you have linebackers that are drop, you know, faking like they're playing the run and dropping into coverage, that's where they're going to be. It was it he had a 52.6 rating and threw six interceptions there what that tells you is that his processing speed is slow compared to where these windows are and how fast they're closing and the the offense was asking him to try to make those throws i think now you're multifaceted enough that they don't have to pigeonhole him into that and they can say look we're going to give you on because his his short accuracy was great and he was actually really productive there. Uh, five touchdowns to one pick. What, almost a 1,000 yards there from what I'm looking at? So we're going to give you within the, that 10-yard box, we're going to give you some tight end routes. We're going to give you running backs out of the backfield. We're going to give you all these things that are going to help loosen up these other areas of the field where you're not quite so comfortable right there in the center. That should help his matriculation in those ways. I do think, I know he takes a lot of crap from people, but I do think Zach Wilson is a better quarterback than what he sh he's shown. And it's clear, you watch some of the games, it's clear he has raw talent. Like he's got an arm. He It's just, it's above the shoulders. As soon as he can kind of acclimate in that regard, I think your offense is going to be just fine. What do you think, as a Bills fan, outside looking in, the job that Joe Douglas and Robert Sala have done so far? It's kind of like if you were trying to give it a grade, you'd have to give it an incomplete, if only because on paper, they've done a great job in two seasons of taking a team that kind of needed to be torn down to the studs 
tearing it down and then filling the roster with what should be very highly talented players and they're young so they're going to be under contract for a while they're kind of in a cost-effective manner so you're talking about joe douglas has built this team you look at the depth chart right now your defensive line you've got a carl lawson who hopefully we'll see how he bounces back from that injury but you've got a carl lawson a jermaine johnson who should grow into a good edge player for you your defensive tackle room is kind of the strength of this yeah john franklin myers sheldon rankins quinn williams you guys have the ability to put some really unique and really effective nickel packages out on the field. And I think previously you probably wouldn't have wanted to do that because your secondary was so weak. Well, you've addressed that. You've got now a guy who a cornerback who's a rookie, but whose ceiling and floor and ceiling is so high and his floor entering the NFL is high enough that he should be an impactful or at least a quality starter out of the gate. Yeah. DJ Reed, that's a guy who at least has enough experience that, you know, you can probably rely on him. So you won't, you shouldn't say won't, but you should see some dramatic improvement in some of the performances that you guys got last year in that regard. I think that as far as giving themselves the chance to be great, you couldn't have asked Joe Douglas to do a better job. He got you guys young, cost-effective talent that could potentially be stars at multiple levels of the team. Now it's just, can the coaching staff make it all come together? Salah, I I give him a pass on last year because I don't know what you would have wanted a guy to do with that roster. It was your roster in terms of talent last year. I'd say you were probably, if not at the bottom of the league near it, it, it definitely in terms of depth, you guys had none of it, but so now that you've kind of paid for the sins of the past, you're able to not, you've nailed down the top line talent. I think over the next year or two, you're going to watch them start to backfill and add more depth and role players but it's on solid to make these guys work together. I haven't seen enough from him to show he can do it, but that's not his fault because like I said, they, they took that roster and tied around his ankles like a cinder block and shoved him off a bridge. (laughs) So I think here that's, that's what's interesting to me about the jets this season is seeing how this coaching staff, whether or not they can be teachers, whether or not they can be facilitators of growth, it's going to be really interesting. Having said all of that, Drew, when Alfar Tiaga, your friend from the Three Yards Per Carry podcast who covers the Dolphins, was on the show, I asked him what he thinks is realistic for the Jets in terms of wins and where they stack up in the AFC East. And what he said is that the Bills are the obvious odds on favorite. He thinks that with the acquisitions the Dolphins made in the offseason, especially going out and getting Tyreek Hill, he thinks the Dolphins are probably going to be second. But he thinks there's a decent chance the Jets could bypass the Patriots this year. And he agreed with me that six or seven wins is probably a realistic projection. What do you think? When you're talking about you guys taking the you know, taking a step forward and not finishing last in the division, I'd agree with them that there's a shot at that. But for me, it has less to do with what you guys did and everything to do with what New England didn't do. I they I don't know what the plan is there. I don't know. Like I just pulled up our lads and I'm looking at their roster. They're gonna go into the season with basically the same wide receiver group they had last year. Um, 
Devontae Parker is going to take the place of Nikhil Harry in the offense, which is an upgrade, but I don't know what kind of upgrade. Devontae Parker has never really been a, you know, a star. I Their offensive line got worse because they decided to trade away a player that they didn't have to in Shaq Mason, who was quietly one of the more reliable guards in football, and then replace him with a Cole Strange, who was a like being talked about like a day two, day three guy. And they took him in the first round. <laughs> and I just, you, you scratch your head and you go, between that, the fact that they don't even have an offensive coordinator, their defense will probably be okay, but also they lost a lot there. They lost their starting cornerback. They lost multiple DBs. Uh, they lost a lot of veteran leadership on their defense. And the last time we saw the Patriots defense on the field, Buffalo was hitting them in the face with a shovel. So I I don't know what this team is. I don't think they got better. They had a real hard time attracting any free agent talent. I think the Patriots are kind of, they don't want to admit that this is like, that they needed a complete rebuild, but it's, it's coming. And so in that way, you guys are already a step ahead of them because you've done the teardown. And now you're adding the potential star talent. So I think that that's reasonable to believe that if there's a possibility, you guys could leapfrog them in terms of win total. I'm looking at your schedule right now. Who did the, like who in your front office pissed off the schedule makers? (laughs) I probably Rex Hogan because they thought he was Hulk Hogan. Yeah, this is it's it's a rough start to the year. That's the only thing that concerns me for you guys. There's some games in there that especially down the stretch that are definitely winnable. Uh, You've got Seattle, Jacksonville, Detroit. Those are three teams that I don't think anybody expects to be good. Right. They're they're the teams that are routinely at the top of the draft or at least Seattle with no with uh, Drew Locke starting a quarterback for them. Nobody's going to expect these teams to be good. And you, the last couple of years, they've been in the same conversation as the Jets. You know, where are they going to finish in the top, you know, five when the draft order comes out next year? Are they going to have the fourth pick? Are they going to have the fifth pick? They didn't get remarkably better this offseason. So I think that there's a good chance you're looking at one, two, three wins there. I don't know what Minnesota is. The problem for you guys is that the start of the season is it's tough and it comes against some kind of physical teams. You're going to play Baltimore. I I don't know what the Lamar Jackson situation, but I just I think maybe you guys can keep pace if their offense can't score points since I don't know who the hell he's throwing the ball to. Cleveland that one's a dice roll. If it's one of those things like in Vegas when they take a when they take a game off the table for betting purposes, no one knows who their quarterback is. They don't know who their quarterback is. That's not only hilarious, but you guys might be able to steal one there. But then it's Cincy and it's Pittsburgh and it's Miami and then it's Green Bay. Denver with Russell Wilson. There's just a murderer's row of teams that are going to be very, very good at passing the football, which you guys are adding talent in your secondary, but I just don't know how you stop all of these guys. I think four to five, maybe six wins is reasonable, but it's going to take you stealing a couple. Like within our division, I know you guys, you guys have been known to play the Patriots kind of tough over the years, right? 
Patriots would kick our teeth in, and then you guys would play them and take them into the fourth quarter, and it was still a game. And I could never wrap my head around how. Like, <laughs> how, why does this keep happening? But no, I think I think New England, this may be the year that you guys break that streak because New England, I just think they're vulnerable. I think that Mac Jones has kind of a limited – you saw what he is in terms of a passer in that Bills playoff game. They come out and the Bills go down the field and score a ridiculous touchdown that shouldn't happen because Allen's just trying to throw the ball away. The Patriots respond with their own drive where they're kind of matriculating the ball down the field. They're, they're getting a little play here, a little play there, and then something would break their way and they'd get 10 yards. Then they'd you know kind of dink and dunk and dink and dunk and then they'd break one for eight more yards and get a first down. So then Mac Jones decides he's going to try to uncork one for forty yards and see if he can't score a touchdown. His guy had our cornerback beat. Micah Hyde as a safety is on the opposite hash, but he doesn't have the arm strength. So instead of being able to throw like I don't want to say on a rope, but throw with the proper trajectory that he needs in order to get that ball there on time. He has to throw a rainbow. And because of that, that allows Micah Hyde to slide in from across the field, right underneath for an interception. And it was just backbreaking. And then we go down, we score another touchdown and the whole thing just turned, it turns into a boat race and they can't keep up. I think that's what Mac Jones is as a quarterback. And they didn't do anything significant on offense to really help him with that. In fact, they got weaker losing their long-term offensive coordinator, losing all these things. I think this is the year, if I have a bold prediction, I wouldn't be shocked if you guys take two games against the Patriots this year. From your lips to the football gods' ears, my friend, Drew Gear, co-host of the Rockpile Report podcast with his buddy Chris Kruger, who is also his producer. Thanks so much for coming on and telling us what you think about what the Jets did this offseason and where they're at from a Buffalo Bills perspective. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out the Rockpile Report, follow you guys on social media. How can they do that? Uh, it's at Rockpile Report on Twitter. We do uh, we, we have multiple podcasts a week, and during the season, we also have the AFC East Roundup podcast that Scott here joins us for every week, which... I got to give you credit, man, because year over year, you sh- you show up, <laughs> you show up even when the, the, the games are miserable and you hash it out with us. And it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun conversations from a rep- you know, each week, a representative from each team from around the division. And we just kind of chop it up about what went on that week. It's a great time. It's been fun getting to interact with more Jets fans through that. So if you guys want to listen to it, again, AFC's Roundup Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Rockpile Report. And I hope soon enough there's going to be an extra podcast during the offseason, the Grills Mafia Podcast. <laughs> hey, listen, don't, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Make sure that you follow Drew on Twitter and check out the Rockpile Report Podcast. Remember, you'll hear me regularly on the AFC East Roundup show that they do. Also, visit us at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some fantastic All-22 breakdowns of the Jets rookie class up there right now. So watch those videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. 
com. That's teepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers Quinton Williams Bless You Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. Teepublic.com. That's teepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. <laughs>